Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We are joined by a longtime college football coach and Phil Bennett joins us every Mondays with True Serum on 365 Sports. I'm going to start with a couple of different things. I want to start with this. Did you hear about Pat Narduzzi uh, and kind of basically calling out the lack of talent that didn't replace what they had before? I, I did, you know, and I'm pretty familiar with that situation. Uh, some of my former players uh, call me. Uh, as soon as it happened, and you know, I'm going to tell you something, Smokey. I think that obviously uh, he prefaced it by saying it was his fault. He mm-hmm. had to do a better job. But uh, I think as a coach, you've really got to be careful. It, you know, you can't forget who are the players and who are the coaches. Uh, we are responsible as coaches. You know, what you what happens, you're the coaching or allowing to happen. And uh, – I hated that. I, I hated it for the players. Um, and in today's world, you might tell them privately, hey, we didn't play, da, da, da. But to come out of a news conference say I didn't replace my team uh, with players as good as less, uh, that's, that's concerning. Well, let me ask you this, and, and I'm not trying to, to, to be like get off my lawn, but how about some of the players reacting and getting angry, not so much at Pat Narduzzi, but at themselves because they need to play better? Well, that's another part of it. I think that, uh, you know, and, and I had a guy that's very close to the situation sort of bring that up. One in particular uh, that he talked about that got on Twitter and, and uh, he just hadn't performed uh, to the expectations. Now, with that said, I think it's a, there's always a, a, a variation. But I would rather confront a player personally and, and never go to a third party. And now, I didn't, once I read it, I didn't, and I saw what he said, I didn't feel as bad about it, but I still thought it could have been left out. 
Well, I think the bigger issue is now he has to spend time doing it because you've got, you know, 85 scholarship players in the team that could have taken it 85 different ways. So now it's something that he, a fire he has to put out that he didn't have to before, right? Exactly. You know, the old, uh, I love Bill Snyder. He had a couple of sayings, and it was always, he said, you know, silence has never been misquoted. And, and you know, you might think that, but you don't say it. And and I know Pat. I've known him since he was a young coach. Um, I'm not a great fan of his because I think he I think he is is a, a self promoter, has been. Uh, and and I, I just I don't. But I don't think it was as bad as it was made out to be. As bad as it made out to be, Coach, let's go to another topic. Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. Uh, you know, you've heard all about it, as has everybody who follows along with college football. There's a lot of allegations. There's a lot to sort through, and obviously there's going to be investigations as well. Based on what you know, how would you break it down from a coach's point of view, and what are your thoughts on what you've heard, read, or, or seen? Well, I do know this. This is one thing I do know. I know the people involved. Uh, I know that that they're trying – some coaches spend more time trying to do bull like that instead of getting their players in position uh, to play. It, it, it's gone on forever. And he got a guy that had, uh, you know, had a history of it. And I, I think it, it, it's the thing we always talk about. It's lack of integrity. Uh, and he can say he didn't know. I believe he knew. Uh, I know everybody there. I watched the tape. I watched him in the Ohio State game. He's saying, hey, it's pass, pass, mm-hmm. pass. And, and, you know, that, that's a big thing. And, uh, and they had the signals. And if they're paying somebody to go watch, that, that's an infraction. And they've got to be – it's got to come down. And with what's going on there, I would think a, a two-time hit like that, it could, it could cost them a chance at the national championship. Uh, I just – the integrity of the game is, is at stake. Now, if you're just reading signals and you're trying to get them, that's different. I, I've worked for guys that they like to watch uh, the TV copy and say, all right, what signal is this? What's this? I never had time for it. Never. Uh, I was too involved in the strategy of the game. And, and I think it's a, it's, it's something that, uh, really does take away from the process. You know, the whole, his, I, I wouldn't, and I know, look, coaches and players and what goes on off the field and off the field issues notwithstanding because, you know, they leave the facility and, and you don't know. But when he's got a coach that got arrested for co- computer crimes a year ago, which is hacking, and that we don't even know what that is yet, and then another coach on staff that um, is stealing signals and he doesn't know what his own coaches are doing, that seems to be a stretch of a, look, I know everything that goes on in my program as long as it's good, but the bad stuff I don't. There's issues there. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, what's happened, and you mentioned that, you know, his offensive coordinator uh, is being investigated by the FBI. He, he, the University of Michigan, not the athletic department, fired him over a breach uh, uh, with computer. We still don't know what it is. You know, we had the situation that everybody says that he was recruiting and broke the rules, and, and he has denied it and been, you know, uh, 
the NCAA, uh, he told him he wouldn't serve and finally did serve some time, but he's never acknowledged that he did it. So there's some issues there. And, and it just, uh, I don't think it's going to go away, especially with the situation back to back to back. Phil, is uh, Baylor's issue, it's multi, uh, it's like a spider web of issues, but is it as simple as they can't run the ball and they can't stop the run? Is there anything more deadly than that? No. And, and I I have watched with great intent. Uh, they're a little bit like Texas A&M. Uh, we're probably overrated to begin the season. I see no playmakers on either side of the ball. Mm. No, no people, uh, you know, that, that, that can do the things it takes to do to win consistently. Uh, I, and, and I'm just being honest with that. I mean, I see plays that, that are open uh, and then they're close. Uh, defensively, they're a mess. You know, I think, I think Iowa State average, what, correct me if I'm wrong, Almost nine yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they don't defend formations. They're outnumbered. Uh, you know, and, and you talk about playing hard. It's hard to play hard when you, when you give away angles and you give away numbers. Uh, that game, to me, of all the games this year, uh, maybe, to me, it was the hardest game to watch because I thought after the, the Cincinnati game we were going to progress. And, and we just weren't able to do anything on either side of the ball. Yeah, they had uh, uh, absolutely just gashed them as far as yards per. And they're also their third down. They converted basically nine of 15 third downs. It looked like, and I, don't, I hate to say it. No, I don't. It's true. They looked like they were men among boys. Iowa State like grown men, and, and Baylor looked like they weren't. Well, they, they, they picked and choose. And, and let's be honest, it's not like Iowa State was – doing anything uh, strategically bad. Mm-hmm. They were just executing. Yep. Uh, I looked at – I looked at – one time I looked at our linebackers. They were in a split flow, and we had a linebacker scraping with the ball inside, back took it, cut back 12, 14 yards. Uh, I, I, and it comes to a point, if you're looking at that tape, what are we coaching? You know, I, I have concerns. You know, I, I really love the coordinator. Uh, I'm just not sure, you know, there's a saying in this business and, and, and I'm not saying it, but I just feel you can't put stripes on a private. And, and I see things that coaching, coaching matters. What you do to your kids, where you put them, how you play them, you know, it matters. And, and uh, it, they're struggling with that right now. So uh, what do you do? Uh, Matthew Pallage is a guy that was a fi- fast rising star. He knows what he's doing, but there's not a lot of skins in the wall. Is that what you're talking about? Well, I, I look at I, I look at North Texas. I look at these guys. They don't have a guy that's ever called a defense. You know, uh, uh, first year guys. Experience is 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 not something you just. It's a it's something. It's hard to replace and it's hard to get. You know, situational, like the other game, other day, there were situations in that game we could have got off the field. But I just don't see a continuity of experience. And, you know, I know Dave has, has done a great job, but being a head coach sometimes, and I'm guilty, I was guilty of this at SMU. At times, 
I became more of a nuisance to the defense than a positive because I wasn't in there all the time. Uh, I, I just I, I just don't think right now that that we're challenging an offense. You know, we didn't. I mean, I would have been trying to do that. One thing they were not going to do, I wouldn't have let them run the ball. Anything, I would have done more stuff to try to stop it. And I just didn't see that. Uh, a guy told me this, and it was a guy that I respect greatly. He said they're very basic. And yeah. and I think that's yeah. pretty much the truth. And when an offense sees and knows every time how you're lining up, they can, um, you know, pinpoint you. Coach, this applies to Baylor, but just in, in general as well, I'm curious. When you have a team that misses a lot of tackles, I, I know that that is probably some of their, their angles and their positioning, and, and you can go further into that, but what do you do to go about correcting that? And and I know somewhere, hey, there, there's young guys too, and they're learning along the way, but just in general, if a team is bad at tackling, how do you, as, a, as the coach, go about trying to, to fix that, and, and how long of a process is that? Craig, what I said earlier, and, and, and I think you alluded to it, 99% of missed tackles is when you're out of position. Okay. Your body control, you're out of control. And when you're not at the right angle and, and you're having to take improper angles to the ball and you're not lined up right, you know, the whole thing, you know, we talk about you want to stop the run from inside out. You want the ball to go east and west so your pursuit can run it down. We're not able to do that right now. Everybody that's running the ball on us is running it north and south. Uh, and when you're out of position and you're out of control, you're missing tackle. And, and that's the thing I always talk about. When I would look at a run, if it was over five yards, four yards, I'd say, okay, who, let's, let's, let's pinpoint why this happened. Was it the way we lined up? Was it our technique? Uh, or were we there and just missed the tackle? And was it fundamental? So you, you, that's how you evaluate a play. You know, did, did we have the right numbers? Were we lined up right? Did we get what we wanted? And then it comes to the fact maybe sometimes we missed the tackles, we're out of control. That becomes a fundamental issue. I think we play out of control because we're struggling getting lined up right. Is that also because they are just – they have no confidence in what they're doing? I wouldn't say confidence. I, I just uh, – um, I don't think right now we – and, and this, this is just a, 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 my feeling. I think that what we're doing, we're not confident in what we're calling. We're not challenging a offense right now. You know, I, I've said this many times. People talk about, oh, you mentioned somebody mentioned third down. Well, you know what? Let's let's go back to the front. Let's be good on first down because if you're good on first down, you create uh, long second yardage and long third yardage. I mean, the first two downs are crucial, and, and the odds of you con, uh, converting a third and seven versus a third and three are a hell of a lot different. So, I one of the things I'm sitting there thinking. Watching the game on first down, they're getting second two, second one, second four. Let's do something on first down, a run coverage, load the box, put a number, make, see if they'll throw on first down. And, and I, I would like to see, maybe y'all could look it up, how many passes Iowa State threw on first down. 
we, our box was never full enough that they felt they had to throw the ball on first down. Uh, it looked like to me. Now I'm not, I'm not saying I'm totally right, mm-hmm. but it sure looked that way. You know what I I saw? If it was second and seven, or second and long, they got six. If it was third and fifteen, or second and fifteen, they got twelve. It it was not even what they had to convert on third down. It was what they had to convert on second down, no matter the distance, at least to put them in position where it was very favorable. Well, and that's 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 what people do. It's called staying on time. You know, you're, if you're able to stay on time with 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 a count, it's a hell of a lot easier to call offensive plays than it is trying to defend it. Phil, in the Big Twelve this week, we've got some doozies, some really big, important games. Which one? In particular, would you be more excited for Kansas State at Texas or the last Bedlam? You know, I, I, I of course I, I've got a soft spot in my heart for K State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to see that game. They're they're hot right now, and, and if you're going to beat them, uh, Texas is going to have trouble stopping them. And, and and I think that that with Malik being this first big big game, that's gonna that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Bedlam game, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that game with Oklahoma State being the better team but couldn't beat them. Mm-hmm. That, wouldn't you agree with that, oh, folks? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I I still remember back in the 80s where, the, I mean, they dominate the game when they had Barry Sanders and they miss a field goal right at the end, right there to win the game. <laughs> and uh, so – now, I think because this was probably the, the last bedlam for a while, it, it could, it could, you know, it could be different. Now, I will say this. Uh, they have really, you have to give Mike credit. What they have done yep. up there after the loss to, to South Alabama ha- has been nothing short uh, of pretty amazing. Their running game, their quarterback, they're a different football team. Crazy good. Coach, do you have any familiarity with Lance Leipold or, or his staff? And uh, I ask just because I'm curious. That was obviously a massive win for that program. Oh, They're now bowl eligible again. But beating Oklahoma in the last meeting for a while, your thoughts on the on the Jayhawks and the, the turnaround over these last couple of years? Well, I, I think, number one, I think the Jayhawks' new athletic director, when they hired him, he told them, he said, we're going to be good in football. And I think hiring Lance and his staff, I am familiar with him for one guy, one guy that y'all know well, Pete Fredenberg. Yep. Uh, when he they used to play each other when when Lance was at I believe it was Wisconsin Whitewater, and I remember Pete used to call me. Said, "Man, this guy, he he does a great job." And then I followed Lance when he went to to Buffalo because you know of course we had played Buffalo when I was at Baylor, and he has done an outstanding job. And what people don't understand is is that. All of his staff, they've been together a long time. And, and they are really well coached on both sides of the ball. And, and the thing I was saying they didn't understand, they're playing with a backup quarterback. This kid was at, at North Texas uh, and really uh, left at North Texas because they, they didn't feel like he would ever flourish, the, the guys to be. And he has gone to Kansas, and the job they have done with him coaching him he's very athletic he's become a better than average passer and they are doing uh, as good a coaching job as anybody in the country 
By the way, Joe in the chat room who's been listening to us, we've known him forever. Can we bring you back uh, as far as uh, come back and, and analyze uh, what's going on with the, the Baylor football program? And that's not a shot at Matthew Pallage. I know what you mentioned about him. Okay, I have a question. Garrett, put the picture up. This was uh, the Iowa State coaches booth. Uh, this is late, late in the game where the window was smashed. Now, Iowa State, I just checked on this to make sure because there were people thinking, okay, did somebody throw something at the press box window where the coaches are? A coach got excited, kind of popped the window. Everything's fine. They'll take care of it. It is smashed, shattered. How close did you ever come to punching your fist inside of a press box window? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something. When I was uh, at A&M, we played Penn State. I was in the press box, and we we actually Curtis Dickey was our running back, and we we uh, Curtis Dickey went like sixty yards in Penn State. And they was they had Matt Mellon, Bruce Clark, uh, Suey, and they were supposed to beat us. And when Curtis went the distance, I threw my hands up, and I didn't bust the window, but I busted one of those gas lights you know, over, that, that go over, and right before halftime. It's a true story. And out of Beaver Stadium is the campus hospital. At halftime, I didn't go to the locker room. I went to the hospital, and I got the sliver of glass. I, oh. my, my index finger is still numb because I cut a tendon in it. I had it fixed, and I was back for the second half. How about that? Well, that's a, a gamer. The, hey, look, the picture we have of him, uh, that's at North Texas, but there's a reason Phil went down to the sideline after that, I'm yeah. betting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I remember this. Uh, uh, our our coach uh, was sitting there and he goes, where's Bennett? Where's Bennett? They said, he's at, I mean, it's crazy, though. You walk out of Beaver Stadium, and the, and the quack shack is right there. <laughs> and, and they took me in there, got it fixed, and I was back for the second half. I think I had eight stitches. Uh, did you ever have anyone ask you if you could sell off or people bid on that very handsome gold jersey you wore on the sidelines during Baylor games? You know, I have never – listen to me. I never thought anything. We just did it. They said, hey, it, it's easy to see. It's a great color. And I don't even know who started. I, I think it might have been uh, – it was our equipment guy. And I can't tell you how many people time people have thought I, – I went to Dan Pastorini's celebrity golf tournament day, and, and a guy that played, Paul Stewart, that played at Baylor, stopped me. He goes, my kids and I used to – we tracked you down at the Holiday Bowl when y'all were going to games, and you had – and my kids were so disappointed – because you didn't have your gold shirt on yet, <laughs> <laughs> or yellow shirt, whatever it is. I just uh, it, it became funny. It really did. Oh my God! Yeah, I used to have people all the time talk about that color and what you did. Thank you very much, uh, Phil Bennett, former Baylor and longtime college football coach. We appreciate you always, Coach. Thanks for your time. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.